All right, all right. Come on now. Who's excited to be here this morning? Make a little bit of noise. Come on, excited to be here. Yes. Merry Christmas and welcome to Bear Life Church. We love Christmas here at Bear Life Church. We get to, you know, uh, we get to decorate the stage and put Christmas trees up and Christmas light and have some snow. I mean, come on. Uh, some of y'all got like really kid again, like a snow cone machine, right? You're ready like to eat it and stuff. Uh, but we love Christmas. I love Christmas. It's my favorite time of the year. And the reason why it's my favorite time of the year is because it's my wife's favorite time of the year. And uh, whatever's her favorite's my favorite. There's some good marital advice right there in that state. Listen, folks, we've been listening to Christmas music since July. We are in the Christmas spirit, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, even my little girl this morning, she wakes up and she has this little bag of numbers and we have this little display and she counts down the days of Christmas. And so she runs up this morning, she gets out of bed, she grabs her bags of numbers, she pulls all the numbers out on the floor and all of a sudden the number three pops over here by itself. She looks up and she looks like this. She goes, oh my goodness, either God or Jesus or Santa make number three come over here because there's three days left to Christmas. I mean, she is in the Christmas spirit. So I'm telling you, it's running wild in our family in the house. And again, hopefully uh, you're going to have a great Christmas as well. But if this is your first time or first time in a long time, we want to welcome you to Better Life Church. And we want to let you know something. God is up to something big time in our region. God is doing a great work right here in our, in our region. And this past year, we were able to multiply and add a campus. And we are actually one church in two locations. We launched a Gracing campus that are with us right now. Can we get up for a Gracing campus? We love you guys. Pastor Aaron, you guys are doing an amazing job there. And I'm telling you, to see what God is doing already there in Carter County and abroad, it's just amazing to see. But we love you guys. Thank you for tuning in with us. We also want to welcome everybody online. We know a lot of people are traveling, people all over the world. Tune in right here this morning. We want to welcome you as well. Thank you so much for being part of what God is doing right here in Eastern Kentucky. You know, this is our last uh, message in this Christmas series of Christmas cheer. And hopefully God's been using this to kind of restore your joy. Like you really find out what true joy means in your life and what does it look like to have this true joy and experience true joy. And our theme passage has been found in Luke chapter 2. And I want to read that to you this, this morning because it's what we talked about for the last several weeks. And it said this. It says that the night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Now we learned this in this series that in this society today, the shepherds were considered the lowest class of people, if you can put it in that regard. The low, no one messed with shepherds. They're out by themselves. They smell like sheep. No one wants to get around them. They're out just minding their business, guarding their sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. And so would you be. You would be terrified as well. But then here's our theme verse for the last few weeks, and we'll finish it up today. And it says, but the angel reassured them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Now, if someone brings you good news, they must have been bad news, right? Sometimes you ask people, say, you want the good news or the bad news? Just give me the bad news. Give me the bad news first. Well, the bad news is sin entered into the world. And because sin entered into the world, sin separated us from God. Now, there's no way for man to get back to God. We can't earn it. We can't pay for it. We, we don't deserve it. We, we, can't, we can't get back to him. So here's the good news. Since you can't get to God, God is coming to you. And this is the good news. This is what the angel is bringing. He says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy, great cheer to all people. Everybody say all. You know who all is? All those crazy folks you're going to be spending time with in the next few days. Can I get a witness? You know what I'm talking about, right? He's to bring great joy to all people. Why? Because the Savior, 
Jesus, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today. That's good news because God is preparing a way for us to get back to him. And Bethlehem, the city of David. You know, Christmas is supposed to be the most joyful time of the year, right? Especially as Christians. We're to have all this joy because the joy that Jesus brings to us. And this is the time, honestly, in the month of December, you will see the word joy more than any month of the year. You'll see it plastered on cards. You would see it at the mall. You would see it at the stores. You see the word joy more than any time of the year. But just because you see joy doesn't mean that you are experiencing joy. In fact, a lot of you, you will not be joyful this Christmas. In fact, a lot of you right now are not joyful this Christmas. And it could be a few reasons. We talked about that in week one. Maybe you just don't know what true joy is. Maybe you've not received true joy, which was Jesus. Maybe you, don't, you haven't received joy because you don't know what it's like to have every one of your sins forgiven. Your past sins, today's sins, tomorrow's sins, every sin you've ever committed forgiven. Folks, that brings joy good news and that brings joy to your heart maybe for most people is that you're just you, the Christmas cheer is not there because you're so busy you got one Christmas party to the next Christmas party you're rounding up the kids you got to get here you got to get there and you're just so busy that you miss Christmas Maybe for some of you, you're so familiar with Christmas, like you know the Christmas story. You know it forwards and backwards. You go, okay, okay, Jesus was born, the angel came, and hark the hell, the angels sing. Woo, okay, three, we three kings. Okay, we get all that. Baby Jesus come, Bethlehem, yeah, well, we've seen the nativity scene. I mean, you're so familiar with the story. You know the names of the shepherds. <laughs> They're not even recorded in the Bible. I don't know how you came up with the names. You know what I'm talking about? Like you are so familiar with the story. And because you're so familiar with it, you miss a fresh and a new what God wants to teach you and share with you this Christmas because just, I already know the Christmas story. I'm like, okay, Christmas is Christmas, and you're so familiar with it. But you know what I want to suggest to you this morning? I think a lot of reason in the holidays, especially around Christmas, that we don't have Christmas joy is because we allow the devil to steal it from us. We allow the enemy to take this joy away from us. Our, our theme passage here at Better Life Church is John 10.10. 10. And John 10.10 10 says this, a thief is only there to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me tell you something about the devil, what he wants to do. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your finances. He wants to destroy your relationships. He wants to destroy your health. He wants to steal your emotions. He wants to do everything he can to bring you down. Everything in his power, he's going to do it to destroy you. But then Jesus says, right here in this passage, and this is our theme verse. We've even named our church based off this verse. It says, but I've come that you can have a real life. Are you tired of living a fake life? Jesus says, I give you a real life. He says, I give you eternal life. You see, people think eternal life begins when you die. Folks, you were created to live forever. You will live for all eternity in one or two places. A place called hell that's separated from God or a place called heaven that you'll be in the presence of God for all eternity. You were created to live forever. He says, I come to give you eternal life, a more life. And then here it is, a better life than you ever dreamed of. You know why most people don't experience Christmas cheer around Christmas time and why most people don't experience the better life? It's because you've allowed the enemy to steal your joy. You've allowed him to come and snatch and lie to you and believe his lies that steals your joy. So here's what we're going to do for the next few moments. I'm going to share with you through the Christmas story some of the things that the enemy could use to steal your joy. And then we're going to talk about how do we protect that? How do I keep the enemy from stealing the joy 
that God wants me to experience, listen to, the, to me, all year long, not just at Christmas, but especially around the Christmas season. So that's what we're going to jump into. So if we're ready to get started, so let's go. All right, here we go. Number one, this is the big thing that will steal your Christmas joy, anxiety. Anxiety will steal your joy. I know this personally. You can't be fearful and joyful at the same time. You can't be anxious and joyful at the same time. And anxiety will steal that joy that God wants you to experience from your life. You know, I know some of you, you're, you're familiar with the Christmas story, but I'm not going to take it for granted that every one of you have heard the Christmas story or really understand the Christmas story. Maybe you're watching online and uh, you've never just kind of said, hey, I'm just checking this out, never really experienced a Christmas story. But I want you to picture this. You know, when I read the Bible, one of the great things that I, I like to do personally, just how I'm wired, I'm kind of weird this way, is I like to put myself in the story. I like to try to put myself and kind of feel maybe what they would have felt. And, and, and even though I wasn't part of the first century, I don't know what it was like 2,000 years ago. But I like to kind of just visualize and kind of put yourself in the story. So I want you to put yourself in this story, especially at this moment if you're a lady. I want you to hear this. The angel Gabriel in Luke chapter 1, look what happens, appears to Mary and says, Don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over all of Israel forever, and the kingdom will never end. And Mary said, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. I've never slept with a man. How in the world can I be pregnant? The angel said, oh, don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit's going to come around you and overpower you. I know you don't want to understand this, but the Most High will overshadow you. And so the baby will be born holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Do you think you would be anxious? Mary's not even barely a teenager. Here she is, 13 years old, probably right around 13. That's usually when they started getting married because the life expectancy at this time was between age 30 and 35. So around 13, they're about to get married, and she gets to go home to her parents. Mom, dad, want you know that I'm pregnant and I never had sex before. And on top of that, it's God's baby. Could you imagine trying to convince your parents of that? Could you imagine Joe, her fiance, she's engaged to? Hey, Joe, come here, man. I know that, you know, we've been, you know, kind of dating since like Jerusalem Middle School. And, you know, it's like we're 13 now and we're going to get married and we're going to tie the knot. But I want you to know I'm pregnant and you're not the baby's daddy. God's the father. Like that's kind of that Star Wars theme, you know, today. Like God's the father. Right, I lo listen, I, I, I love our parking team, man. Our parking team is amazing. They got these sticks out there, and I just, I, they felt like, like Jedis today. You know, they pulled in, and like, park over here. Like, man, they felt so Jedi. Sorry, I'm just, I'm in that weekend right now. And, and, and you can imagine that God's the Father. Could you imagine? Put yourself in a story. And you imagine, oh my goodness. I mean, this is, this is, not, this is not good for Mary. Mary's in a society right now that this is, this is really not good for her to do this. For her to be telling people that I'm pregnant, but I've never slept with someone. And oh, oh by the way, it's God's about the Messiah, the one we know is supposed to come from the line of David. Oh, yeah, I'm carrying the baby. I got the baby Jesus in me. You know, everybody all asked the question, you know, Mary, did you know? Oh, she knew. She knew. She, she knew. The angel told her. She knew. She knew what was to come. She knew everything about this. And on top of that, you remember the census that's taking place in Bethlehem? So here's Joseph put Mary on the donkey and then goes to a five-mile trek all the way to Bethlehem or so, to all the way to do the census for the taxation. How many of you ladies want to ride on a donkey in your last trimester in a few days we have a baby? 
You think you'd be anxious? Like what to expect would expect. It doesn't talk about riding a donkey on the third trimester. It doesn't say it in the book. So, so, so you think about this. Then she gets to a place that's crowded. No one's there to help her. She basically delivers her baby by herself. So we read the story, and it's kind of like, oh, everything's fluffy and everything's great, and all oh, baby Jesus is coming. No. And you know what she did when she was afraid? She chose to trust God's plan and purpose and will for her life. Listen to what she says. Mary responds in Luke 1, verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left. Could you imagine that? This is not a good time for a little girl to be pregnant outside of wedlock. It's not a good time to be going around in the community saying, yeah, I kind of, you know, I'm pregnant and, and, and I'm not married. And here's what she said. She knew the ramifications. She knew what would come her way. And she said, whatever his will is for my life, that's what I accept. What are you worried about this Christmas? What are you anxious about? Are you anxious about your marriage? Some of you don't even know if you're going to make it to 2020. Are you anxious about your finances? How am I going to pay for all this stuff that I've been charging? I didn't get the Christmas bonus this year that I thought. I didn't get the pay raise that I thought. How am I going to pay for all this? Are you anxious? Some of you are anxious about your health. Maybe got a bad report this, this year. Something in your life and you're worried about it. And you've allowed this to steal your joy. Some of you, just the thought of 2020, a new year, is you're already anxious about it. You already experience anxiety. What are you worried about this Christmas season? What are you afraid of? What are you fearful of? This Christmas season, you know what the antidote is to anxiety? Trust. Trust. God, I trust you. Have you ever got to the point in your life and you would just say this, God, I accept whatever you have for me. May your will be done. That brings anxiety just to say that because we don't know what tomorrow holds. What if 2020 is going to be the worst year of my life? What if I finally get that phone call? What if the doctor tells me this? What if I lose my job? What if I, if I don't have enough to, to take care of the stuff? Have you ever got to the point in life and said, God, whatever your will is, the answer is yes. May your will be done. The good, the bad, the ugly, the answer is yes. See, until we get to that point in our life to say, God, whatever you have for me, the answer is yes. We will not really truly experience true, true joy in our life. We must get to that place to go, you know, I have no idea what tomorrow holds, but I know the one who holds tomorrow in his hands, and I'm going to trust him. And I will trust him. And I'm going to just do one day at a time. You know that song, right? That one day at a time, sweet Jesus. That's been my motto for the last nine years. One day at a time. Just one day at a time. One day at a time. I'm not going to get into tomorrow because tomorrow has its own troubles of its own. Let's just focus today's today. Let's stay in the presence today. Because I'm not going to let anxiety, and you don't want to let anxiety steal the joy in your heart, right? You know that song, right? I got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Okay, okay, we got a few Sunday school people up in the house. That's good, that's good. Y'all remember that, right? I'm not going to let the enemy steal that joy by believing the lie and being anxious. God is perfect. He's great. He has a perfect will for my life and your life, and I'm going to choose to trust him. You know, a lot of times we read through the Christmas story, and we're all about Mary and baby Jesus. But have you ever thought about Joseph? Have you ever thought about how Joseph felt in this? You think Joseph felt hurt? You think he felt betrayed? You think he felt cheated on? How do you think Joseph would have felt? 
I mean, this is his fiance. You see, see, the Bible talks about them being engaged. And when you think of engagement, you think of like it's today engagement. But people break engagements off left and right today. Right, you get engaged, okay, I don't really like you anymore. I, want to get, I, want to, I don't want to be with you anymore. You break the engagement, give me my ring back. You're like, honey, you ain't getting your ring back. You gave me this ring, you ain't getting it back. He's like, give me it back, I'm gonna give it to somebody else. No, you ain't giving it to anybody. Right, I mean, we treat engagement like it's just a dating thing, like you can break it off anytime you want. This is not the case. You see, back here, they went a year in advance and they would sign a, a legal contract. Mary and Joseph signed a legal contract that they would be married, but they would not live with each other or have sex with each other for one year. That's why Joseph would have had to give her a certificate of divorce to divorce her because they are already legally married even though they're not living with each other. It's a one-year betrothed of engagement where they make this commitment. And it was in this time that the angel appeared and said, you are pregnant and the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. Imagine how Joseph felt. We read this story actually in Matthew chapter 1. It says this in verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. They were engaged as betrothed. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, just she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. So what Gabriel told her, exactly what he said came to pass. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, a God-fearing man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement or put her away or give her a certificate of divorce quietly. Listen, Joe, man, he could have smeared her. He could have put her all over Facebook, told all by in the community. She would have been an outcast forever. No one would have had anything to do with her, plus the crazy claims that she's carrying God's baby. But Joseph chose not to bring back revenge against her. And he didn't bring revenge against her. And I want you to notice something. He thought about this. He thought about this. And let me tell you something that will steal your Christmas joy is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will steal your joy. You'll become resentful and you will become bitter. Let's see, I could be around someone within a nanosecond and I can tell you if they have been hurt in their past, which all of us have, but I could tell you if they're still holding on to an unforgiveness spirit. You can hear it in their voice. They're bitter, they're resentful, and let me tell you something, no one wants to be around someone who's bitter. You show me someone who is bitter, and I will show you someone who hasn't forgiven someone yet. Someone's hurt them, and they wronged them, and they haven't forgiven them yet. And the reality is this. We've all been cheated on. We've all been hurt. We've all been betrayed. And guess what? Most likely by the people you're about to spend Christmas with. The people who are closest to you are the ones who probably have hurt you the most. And that's why some of you right now, you are dreading... Christmas. You know why? Because you're going to sit around a Christmas tree at your mom and dad's house or grandparents' house and you're going to be sitting there and you're going to be sitting across from a brother or a sister or a family member who hurt you and wronged you. But because mama wants all the babies together, wants everyone in the house and all the grandkids, you're going to save face. You're going to try to put on your best Christmas face, but you're really hurt. And you have anger and you're bitter and you're resentment, but your wife's already told you, right, because I'm already talking to the guy or vice versa. Hey, honey, just, you know, it's just, just, just don't go in the same room. It's going to be okay. We have this every year. And, you're going, and you already dread this because you're going to look face-to-face with someone who hurt you and wronged you. And you're bitter. And it hurts. For some of you, you're going to get up on Christmas morning, and one of the favorite things I hear on Christmas morning is probably about 6 o'clock in the morning, you start hearing those little feet running. 
right to the house. You try to get them up at 6 every day for school, they don't get up. But Christmas, 5 a.m., they're up. Tell them Christmas every day, right? I don't know. They run, they jump in bed with you, and you're like, oh, okay, okay. You're trying to get ready and get everybody. And they go, let's go right now, let's go right now. No, you know, you got to brush your teeth, get the aisleburgers out, you know, all this stuff. You got to get your hair did because you're going to take pictures, and everybody around the tree, you got to look, you know, picture perfect, you got to look good because you're going to put it on Facebook later. Oh, look at a Christmas night, and you got to get all ready, right? And everybody, they don't know that, and they're like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And you get excited, and you watch the kids, and they open up the Christmas present, and they're open up, and you as a parent, you're so joyful, but everybody has that one kid. I wanted this color! Right? You ungrateful. You know, you got that one kid. We all have it, right? If you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's because you're that kid. You know what I'm saying? But then all of a sudden, that joy turns to gloom because you put the kids in the car, and it's usually after lunch, and you drive to your ex-spouse where you're going to exchange and drop off your kid, and you get to look at the person in the face who hurt you and they wronged you, and now you're hurt and you're bitter and you're resentful and you play it over and over and over because you haven't forgiven them yet and you wonder why you don't have Christmas joy some of you it may not be because you're resentful for someone else some of you you're mad at God and you're upset at God because this year was a tragic year something happened tragically I don't know what it may be in your life it could be the first Christmas that the loved one's not there with you and you're still mad at God and you're blaming him and now you become resentful and you become bitter and you're wondering why you're not experiencing Christmas joy Folks, unforgiveness will steal your joy. You don't have to wait to forgive them. Forgiveness is not for them, it's for you. You can do that right now where you sit. You can choose to forgive that person who hurt you wrong, and I promise it's probably someone close to you. If someone says something bad about you, this doesn't hurt you, they're from afar, or they're all this, okay, that's stung, okay, but whatever. But you put someone in your inner circle, and a family member, and a blood relative, and those words they said of what they did and how they're behind your back and what they do. And you're sitting there and you're trying your very best to put on your Christmas mask. And you're trying to hide the hurt and the pain and the resentment and the bitterness. It's because you have chosen not to forgive them. And I can feel it in the room. And here's what some of you are saying. But they don't deserve it. Neither do you. How many times you've sinned against God? How many times you've turned your back on God? How many times you've lied to him? How many times that you said that you would and you didn't and you didn't come through? See, none of us deserve forgiveness. But God has forgiven us if we have put our faith and trust in him. And let me tell you something. Those who have been forgiven much, forgive much. And when you have had all your past sin and your present sin and your future sins completely erased and God has forgiven you completely, I promise you it's so much easier to forgive other people around you. And maybe the reason why you can't forgive people because you truly haven't, forget, haven't experienced the true forgiveness that comes from giving your life to Jesus. You must let it go. You know what happened to Joe because of this? Look what happens in verse 20. As he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. She's not lying, man. What she's saying is the truth. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Now, I want you to picture this. Put yourself in the story, right? Here's Joseph is Mary. Mary comes to Joseph. Hey, I just want you to know that I'm pregnant, and you're not the father, and it's crazy. God's the father. I don't understand all this. And then the angel appeared right beside Joseph and said, Joseph, what she's saying is true, man. What she's saying is true. No, no, no. She came to Joseph. She told Joseph, and don't miss this. The Bible said he pondered on it. He considered it. He thought about it. What should I do about this? 
And you know what he chose to do? Because he was a righteous, God-fearing man and because he loved Mary, he chose to put her away quietly, not to disgrace her publicly because he knew what would happen if he would disgrace her publicly. And here's what happened. Because he chose not to get bitter, God blessed him. You know how God blessed him? He became the stepfather to our Messiah. Do you know that? He became the stepfather to our Messiah. See, so many people talk about blended families, and probably half of us in here today come from blended families. I come from a blended family. It's just a blended family, and we have step-parents, and we have stepbrothers, and we have four or five sets of grandparents and all this stuff, and it's, we're trying to figure it out, and it is complicated. I get that. But you know that Jesus was part of a blended family? He had half-brothers and half-sisters and a stepfather. You have a lot more in common with Jesus than you imagine. He knows what it was like. Joseph did not become bitter, he, and God blessed him. Do you want to be bitter? You want to be blessed. It's your choice. You get to choose that. You could choose to be bitter, or you could choose to have God to bless you. You must forgive that person who hurt you and wronged you. You're not, you will not experience true Christmas cheer. Folks, listen, don't let anxiety steal your cheer from you, your joy from you this Christmas. Don't let unforgiveness, that's your choice. You can choose right now to forgive the person who hurt you. And then there's one more thing in the Christmas story that I want you to see here. And it's with the wise men. That if we're not careful, we'll let this steal our Christmas joy. Now, and all of us know about the wise men, right? We know the, the wise men, we sing the song, and you see the nativity scene, and there's three wise men, they got the gifts that they're giving Jesus. Technically, the nativity scene's a little bit off right there. Uh, they, Jesus, the, the wise men were not at the birth of Jesus. That was the shepherds. The wise men came probably when Jesus was almost around two years old. So they saw the star and they're traveling, they're finding, they're trying to look for this guy named Jesus. They don't have much to go on but a star. How did they know to come from the east to look for a star? How did all the religious people miss it? What if you go a few hundred years back before this, do you remember Daniel in the lines then? What Daniel found favor with the people in the region and because of that, that Daniel was raised to be over all the astronomers and all the sorcerers and all the, all the astrologists and people who study the stars and Daniel began to use the prophetic word and teach them that the Messiah is going to come someday. Here's his sign. Here's what we look for. And now hundreds of years later, they found it and now they're following. So they see the star. They travel all the way from the east and they come to Bethlehem. We see this right here in, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Judea, during the reign of King Herod. King Herod was crazy, y'all. Like, this guy was crazy. Like, he killed his kid. He killed his mother. He killed anybody around him who threatened to take his throne. This guy was psycho, man. I'm telling you, he is off. His, he, he's off. About that time, the wise men from the east of the lands arrived in Jerusalem. Here's what they said. Where's the newborn king of the Jews? Well, this ticked him off. He wants to be the king of the Jews. We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. They didn't know exactly where to go. They didn't know what's going on. And King Herod was so deeply disturbed when he heard this, and so was everyone in Jerusalem. You see, we see his star, but we don't know where he is. So Herod called all the religious dudes in and got them together, and they sent them down in a place and said, Hey, guys, well, what, where, where's the king of the Jews to be born at? And they're like, uh, everybody knows that, dude. It's Bethlehem. Don't you read your Bible? It's going to be in Bethlehem. He's going to be born here in Bethlehem. I mean, what do you know? He's going to be born in Bethlehem. So here's what he says, King Herod, Matthew 2, 8. He told them, the wise men, go to Bethlehem. Search for him carefully. And when you find him, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him. He didn't want to worship him. He wanted to kill him. How do we know this? Because the, the, the angel appeared to the wise men in a dream and said, Herod's seeking to kill the baby, so don't go back that way. They went back another way. King Herod found out about it, and he got so upset about it, he sent his guards down and said, every boy under the age of two in Bethlehem killed them all. Guy's crazy. He's crazy. And then verse 9, it says, after their interview, the wise men went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east 
guided them, please don't miss that, it guided them to Bethlehem and it went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. Now, now think about this. Hundreds of miles away, we see a star. We're not certain what we will find. We're not certain what will be there. We're not even certain of the direction. That's why they had to stop and ask for it because they're men. They had to stop and ask for it. We have Google Maps now. Like we can look really smart now in front of it. Right, guys? Just punching it in, it takes us. They had no idea. They were uncertain of what they would find. All they had to go on was a prophetic word and a star. And they followed it. And it probably weren't three of them. We think three because there are three gifts mentioned. There's probably a hundred to a couple hundred people in a caravan traveling through looking for the Messiah. Folks, listen to me. Don't let anxiety steal your joy. And don't let unforgiveness steal your joy. But let me tell you something else that will steal your joy. Uncertainty. Uncertainty will steal your joy. God didn't give them a map. See, we want a map. God didn't give them a map. Yesterday, my daughter, she turns into a princess and then she can turn into a pirate. And she goes in the tour room, she comes up dressed as a pirate and she has this map and she's walking through the house like this. And I said, sis, 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 what you're looking for is in the master bedroom in the master closet. And she says, but it's not on the map. You see, we want a map. We want God to give us a map. Okay, God, tell me what college you want me to go to and what do you want me to major in? Show me what you want to do. I hope it's going to be a good job. Give me a job. God, please bring me a spouse. I want a spouse. Like, bring me a husband, Lord, and please let him give me a one-carat princess cut. I've always wanted a princess cut. Please, God, give me a princess cut. And God, give me the house and the 2.5 kids and the dog, not the cat, because nobody wants the cat. Don't worry about the cat. And give me a good job that I can be comfortable. Let me put to my 401k, make it till I'm 65, and maybe play some golf or maybe go to the beach. God, give me a map. Listen to me. God will not give you a map. Because if God gave you a map, where's your faith? Where's your faith? Everyone wants a map. And God said, I'm going to give you a star. And I'm not going to give you a map. In fact, I'm going to be very honest with you. If God could let you see your whole entire life before you, it would probably scare you to death. You couldn't handle it. Because you don't have grace yet for tomorrow to do that. God graces you for the day. That's why tomorrow has its own troubles. I'm just going to focus on today. I got enough grace to get through today. See, we want a map. But God is not going to give you a map. And I know what some of you think right now, but can I have a star? <laughs> can I at least get a star and let the star guide me to this job? Or, or can a star guide me to this, this person I'm marrying? Like, I don't want that person. Star, could you move over here? I want this person, right? I'd rather have this person, right? Don't sit there like you've got a halo on. You know what I'm talking about. We want a star. Do you know that God has given us something greater than a star? Do you know that we have something greater, that we do have a God in light, but we have something greater than a star? Do you know that? It says it right here. This is amazing. In Psalms 119, 105, look at what it says. It says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet. Your word is a light for my path. Listen, this is your star. This is your word. And listen, this will always guide you to Jesus. Everything in this book is about Jesus. God will never leave you astray. You, have you ever wondered why people don't want us to get in their Bible? You can sit there and spend seven hours on Facebook reading everybody's post until you fall asleep at night and your phone falls on you. You know what I'm talking about? I'm preaching right now to somebody. You can read countless studies and you can read all this stuff and you can get all these great grades and you can understand trigonometry and all this jazz and you're super smart. But then it comes to the Bible, oh, I just don't know where to start. I don't know how to understand it. Why do you think the devil wants to keep you away from this book? Because it is a light that will lead you straight to Jesus. 
Now, you're not going to open it up and it's going, thou shalt go to Moorhead State University and, and you're going to major in psychology. And listen, you're going to do five years instead of four years because you goofed off that semester. So we're going to cram it all in there for you. It's not going to say that. But it will always guide you to your next step. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Just take the next step. See, that's the mission of our church is to help people follow Jesus. And we believe following Jesus is taking the next step. We all have a next step to take. We all have a next step to take. And so we do that and follow him so we can experience abundant life, a full life, a better life than we ever dreamed of. And I know what some are saying, well, I'm not experiencing a better life. Well, maybe because you have a wrong understanding of the better life. The better life is not the absence of pain in your life. It's the presence of Jesus with your pain in your life. That's the better life. And he's with us. And he's given us a word and a God that will lead us straight to him. Folks, don't let fear and anxiety rob you from your joy. Don't, don't, don't let not knowing what's next rob you from his joy. You know, the Bible said right here in Matthew 2, 10, it says, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. See, they didn't know this was the first Christmas cheer. They were filled with joy. And they entered the house, they saw the child and Mary, and they bowed down, they worshiped him, and then they opened up the treasures, the chest, and we know the story. They gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I could do a four-week series just on what those gifts represent. It says life, death, and burial, and resurrection. They didn't even know what they're participating in, but this was a symbol of who he was to come and what was going to happen and what would take place in their life. But don't miss this. They did not let uncertainty steal their joy. They let them write to Jesus. And what happened, they were in awe, and they worshiped him, and then they gave him his very, their very best. Folks, do you know Jesus? I didn't say, do you know about him? You probably know about him or you wouldn't be here today. Do you know him? Have you given your life to him to the point where you've experienced his love and his grace in your life? Do you know him? You know, even, even the devil, these people talk about, he's not an atheist, he knows. Oh, he believes, but he has the wrong belief. Do you know him? Has he radically changed your life? See, when you meet Jesus, you're overflowed with this gratitude and joy. Why? Because he's forgiven you of all your sin. All your sin. Who would neglect such an awesome gift? It's a free gift to you. That's why, that's why God sent his son. It's the best gift you could ever receive. It's his son. But I'm going to make a choice. I'm not going to let anxiety and fear. I'm not going to let resentment and bitterness steal my joy and I'm not going to let not knowing what tomorrow holds rob me from the joy that God wants me to experience today I'm going to ask if you would just to bow your heads just for a moment I'm going to trust the Lord has spoken and some of you he's pinpointing some things you've been worried about, your family, your health, your finances, your job, your career, what's, what's next. Don't let that steal your joy. You only promise one day at a time to stay in the present. Some of you, the person that you're angry and still upset, who's hurt you and wronged you, has allowed your heart to become bitter. Choose to forgive. Right now, choose to forgive. It's not worth it. It's not for them. It's for you. Don't hold a debt over their head that they can never repay. Let it go. 
For some of you, you're so scared about tomorrow. You what if, or what if it's not good? And what if it's not this? And what if it's bad? And what if, what if this happened? And what if this took place? And what if, what if, what if, what if? And you what if yourself of uncertainty because you don't know and you let it rob your joy. Don't let it steal your joy. And for some of you, maybe the reason that you're not joyful is because you've never truly given your life to Jesus. And maybe the Lord has brought you here this morning. In fact, I believe the Lord has brought you here this morning, both of our locations, and so that you will give your life to Him. So if that's you this morning, you realize, you know what? I want to receive this Jesus that you're talking about. I want to receive this joy and this peace and surrender my life to Him. You know, right where you sit, you can pray with me. I say this every Sunday, saying a prayer will not save you. But your lips can proclaim what your heart declares. And today, if your heart declares that Jesus Christ is Lord, then let your lips proclaim it. Here's what you simply just say. to say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how, I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Now help me follow you all the days of my life. I'm going to trust and believe at both of our locations that the Lord has just did this in your heart. And I want to celebrate with you. And I'm going to ask you to do something pretty bold. It's pretty bold. You know, when we give our life to Jesus, we need to make this public. And we do that, making that public. We, obviously, that's what baptism is. It's a beautiful picture of dying to our old self and raising to be new. It's a beautiful picture. That's your next step after giving your life to Jesus. The scripture commands us to be baptized after we give our life to Jesus. But there's a step today I want you to take, and this is a very bold step. Because some of you may be new or new to bear life, but you're here with a family member or spouse. You're just here visiting at both of our locations with the grace and the more in. But I'm going to ask you to do something pretty bold. Here's what's going to do. I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, every one of you who prayed with me, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Now, just the thought of that, you go, oh my gosh, that brings anxiety. Don't let anxiety steal your joy. We're going to celebrate with you. But I'm sitting beside my spouse. Oh, don't worry about what your spouse is going to say. But my, my parents are with, no, no, no. But my, my, don't worry about that. I'm, I'll come on, Grace, and I'm going to get you to stand up too. So if that's you and you just prayed with me and you know who you are, it's time just to make it public. We just want to celebrate. Celebrate that you received the greatest gift. I don't care if you've been in church your whole life and God did something in your life today. Or this is your first time in a long time. You're like, you know what? I need to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to count to three and I want you to stand on your feet. Here we go. Ready? One. Both locations. Come on, Grayson. Two. Three. If that's you and you prayed, I want you to stand up. Come on. Come on. Anybody else? I want you to stand up. Come on, Grayson. I want you to stand up. You have nothing to be embarrassed about. You have nothing to be ashamed about. This is awesome. This is a great day. You're just receiving the greatest gift of your life. Anybody else? Church, the Bible says that when one person gives their life to Jesus, that all heaven celebrates. Can we celebrate with the people standing up today? Come on. We're so proud of you guys. Man, we're so proud of you. Thank you so much. You could be seated. You know why you stood up? Because the Holy Spirit gave you the power to do that. Nothing went in us once that except for the Lord is in our hearts. 
And so, man, I'm so thankful for every one of you who stood up. I'm so thankful for you for being so bold and courageous to do that. And let's just thank God for what he's done right here in this midst. We saw a bunch of people saved yesterday at our services last night. And we're going, we have one more. And we're going to trust and believe that God's going to continue to save people today. So come on, would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Thank you that salvation has visited the house today. God, we rejoice with those who cross from, from death to life. Father, I pray that you'll surround them with your presence. You'll fill them with joy and peace. Lord, knowing that their sins have been forgiven and that you love them more than anything else in the world. Father, I can't wait to see what you're going to do in their lives. I can't wait to see what you're going to do in our church as the new year comes. Can't wait, Lord. For it's in your name we pray and ask. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for joining us at Better Life Church. If you'd love to discover more about how you can take your next step with Christ, we'd love for you to visit betterlife.church slash next steps. There you will find help and resources for whatever step God has for you. If you enjoyed this message, we'd love for you to subscribe and be part of our community. You can also join us live on Sundays or find more resources at betterlife.church. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next time.